Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. And thank you for joining us in this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with my co-host, Lou Weiss, and we are going to be talking with Dallas Crawford today from Cubit. He is the Vice President of Advanced Analytics, and we're going to be talking about things like pricing automation and how to avoid simply reacting to cost changes or competitive price pressure, all things that manufacturers face on an ongoing everyday basis. So, Lou, it ought to be an interesting discussion to find out how predictive analytics can do all this. Well, let's uh, <laughs> let's put it this way: with uh, technology the way it is, when it works, it works great. When it doesn't work, it works terrible. Which is what we just had getting the show on the air. So, uh, Dallas, I want to <laughs> welcome you. I want to welcome you to the show. And uh, our show is kind of uh, bubblegum put together today because we're not on our usual uh, platform. Uh, that said. Uh, Welcome. Glad to have you. No, I'm happy to be here. And uh, I guess the only thing I'll say to the opening is we like to think that our technology is consistently working and delivering the value, um, but we, we do understand that there are always quirks to work through. So very, very happy to be on and talking to you guys. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so uh, Dallas, uh, give our listeners uh, uh, a bit of a insight into what Qubit does, and then we'll get into some of the more specifics. Absolutely. Um, everything we do here at Qubit is, is pretty much all around helping manufacturing companies run more efficiently and improve not only their operational metrics like planning and reporting, but ultimately to help you grow as seamlessly as efficiently with a forward-looking view based on, you know, good sound analytics of your, your market or your industry and, and really helping our clients deliver on their goals of whether it's maximizing their margin or maximizing revenue or taking share from some competition, r remaining relevant in, in certain categories. Really what we do, though, at our core is we provide – operational systems uh, for, again, planning and pricing that are forward-looking in nature, sound with data, and really looking to deliver a lot of automation and, and transformation for our clients. As it relates to uh, pricing, though, you know, there, there's a level of automation that really creates a competitive advantage, right, due to the ability to whether you're responding to market demand shifts, um, you know, this is a very volatile environment we're, we're in right now. Um, things are opening. Things are closing. On the supply side, uh, supply chains are disruptive. There's still no shortage of new competition, new entrants into the market. And so there's a certain level of, you know, competitive advantage that really comes from being able to incorporate all those changes and, and kind of execute um, your pricing strategies in alignment with that. And that's really what we plan to do is unlock that barrier 
of whether it's cost or time that typically you know blocked out medium-sized manufacturers or smaller ones and, and deliver the advantages that they need to compete with, with larger players. Dallas, I don't know if you're old enough or young enough, but I remember a, a TV sitcom, Taxi, with Christopher Lloyd and uh, um, Danny DeVito. And of course. Uh, there was a, you remember that. Okay, so there was a scene where um, Christopher Lloyd burned down Danny DeVito's uh, apartment by accident, and they were trying to come up with a price of the value of the destroyed apartment. And uh, they went through this whole sitcom version of trying to establish the cost and uh, what would make him look good or bad in terms of uh, was Danny DeVito's apartment too cheap or was it too expensive and so on and so forth. So that's the way pricing was done then. Pricing now is done somewhat. Uh, let's see. I need to earn 30% margin, so you multiply the uh, your your supposed cost by 30%. There's your sale price. What are you doing differently? Yeah, I mean it's a great question, and pricing is a really delicate game, right? Or or not even a game. It it is ultimately one of the most critical levers and, and lifebloods of your business. If you price too high, you can easily price yourself out of a market. So there are times, just going back to that cost plus, you know, approach that you talked about where you're, you know, you're taking in your current cost, you're marketing it up 30%. That's the margin that you want to make. Um, if your costs are rising due to any level of disruption, doesn't always mean you can just pass that through, right? You may have competitors who aren't feeling that pricing pressure, or that cost pressure. And so it's a very delicate balance. Um, you also have to be careful to, to not gouge or be perceived as taking advantage of your clients because if something emerges that can compete with you, they will eventually <clears throat> react negatively and, and churn based on that. And so it's really critical that you, you try to look at it holistically, and that just takes a lot of data and a lot of work. You need to understand your competition, you need to keep in context your current costs. Uh, the quality of your product can be a critical input to price because if you have a premium product, you want to be able to price that in. You want to price that value in. And you also have to keep your corporate objectives in mind. So if, if you are in a time where cash is important and you need to be growing margins or if you're at a time uh, where you really are in growth mode and you want to be taking share, and by the way, this is not just a blanket statement. A lot of times these are made at individual product or category levels. There are some products that are core to your portfolio and you feel good about your customers buying them no matter what. There are some where you want to be really aggressive and grow them. And so you, you need to be able to manage pricing at that level to really attain you know, any of your corporate goals and objectives. And, and most importantly, I think, is when you do a, simp a, a more simplified approach, like uh, just marking something up, you, you are potentially leaving margin on the table, which, which none of us want to do. Or again, if you mark it up too much, uh, lost sales, losing share, which may be even worse than losing some margin, uh, depending on right. your position. 
So what you're talking about is pretty much the traditional flow of uh, pricing uh, strategy. Well, right now we have a uh, the, the COVID-19 issue going on, and uh, that's a, a very disruptive uh, event on many, many, many counts. How is that uh, affecting your methodology in terms of uh, price alignment? Yeah, it's it's an excellent question, and there are so many layers to it. So if we divide it into two areas of, of kind of hard and soft benefits that are only amplified during times of such volatility and, and change literally down to the zip code level at, at in some cases, right? Um, yeah. what, what you can and can't do, who's, who's open and mobile, who's not. And so it's really, really important um, in times like this to have a system uh, for a multitude of reasons. But we'll talk about the hard benefits first, um, which are pretty easy. When, when, you, when you can automate pricing at the lowest level, and what I mean by that is if you have a system that can load your most current pricing inf costing information, so it has a good view of what costs are, it knows what your objectives are, it's also looking at your historical sales data it's understanding the relationship that you have with your competition for this specific product. Um, it's understanding the individual market or region that that product is performing in, maybe the customer location that you're selling to, and it can adapt, learn from all of that on a nightly basis or weekly basis, however frequently you have the flexibility to change price, and it can use that information at that high level of frequency to help you make more informed decisions or at least give you a baseline. The, the level of scale that that type of automation can bring you, pulling data from multiple systems, uh, uh, manipulating it and transforming it in a way that is useful, and then helping you come up with a baseline price to present to your customers, you know, if you, if you tried to scale that out with humans and have them look at every customer-specific or product-specific combo in your portfolio, at all those different variables, you would never have enough staff to do it. So a lot of it on the hard, cars, hard cost part is helping you lower your FTE count or maintain your current one, but give them time back, whether it's uh, – if, if your category managers need more time to negotiate rates with your suppliers or your salespeople need more time to be selling and managing the relationship and taking care of their customers, right? Those are the types of things that you get back. And, and those could be perceived as soft, but where they become hard is, again, either helping you reduce costs or helping you ensure that you don't lose sales and, and lose margin. On the soft side, we already talked about um, the ability to better manage relationships, whether on the vendor or the customer side. But there are other layers here, like you know, being able to quickly respond to market dynamics. So if you have a system in place, one of our clients, for example, uh, they update their pricing based on their costs every week. And what used to happen is whenever they had a new product or a new customer get onboarded, 
they would have to update their price list, and that would take roughly two to three days because it was all a manual process. They'd load in new costing information. They'd have to update a bunch of formulas in a bunch of Excel spreadsheets. They'd have 10 meetings about who had the right data before they even knew which data to base this uh, a new pricing decision on, and then they would finally come up with a price and have to, again, update these manual sheets. In this system, they took that process down from a couple days to an hour. And uh, if you multiply that by the fact that they had eight people on that team, that's now a significant amount of time back to them. Um, so those are some of the soft benefits. And the last thing I'll say, again, uh, specific to our current times is what does that give you? During all this upheaval and change, the only thing that we know um, about COVID-19 is that we know nothing and that it's going to continue to change and we're going to continue to learn from it and, and, and be proactive in our approach, but also responding to uh, learnings and changes and dynamics. And with that, you need a very high level of automation and then a very high level of sophistication, meaning um, your pricing approach can take advantage of new data points, like again, some of the mobility data, some external forecasts around um, unemployment and different macroeconomics. You need a system that can take advantage of that. Uh, all of that is uh, well said, but there is one thing that you mentioned three or four times, and I kind of zeroed in on that, and I sort of like to understand how you get this information. And that was you were referring to your competition. You were referring to how you can compete with your competition. How do you know your competitor's pricing? Unless, of course, your relationship with your customer is such that they will tell you. But how do you, how do you know that? other than being advised by your client? It's an excellent question, and the answer is it varies by, you know, individual industry and a lot of times by products and, and different customers. Um, so the, the answer, the worst answer I could give you right now, which is the truth, is it depends, but I'll give you a myriad of ways that we do it. Um, most of the time there is industry data that you can purchase. Whether it's high-level information, um, a lot of times people will pro post list prices um, with an industry source where every manufacturer for a given uh, product type or pro a line of products, uh, because they want to get insight on their competitors, they're willing to sh uh, share some high-level information that a, a public source like an IHS or a Dodge um, or Nielsen may buy from them. And, and then what they do is they, they somewhat anonymize it, but they give you a good view of, of where at least list prices are in your area. So you procure industry data from a, you know, a data provider or a trusted group, and that gives you a good data point, even if it's not exact, even if it's just a proxy. So that's one way to do it. Another way would be to... Um, actually pull list pricing information if you can get it on your competitors from any public you know, websites or data sources. And then the third way is the, the first way that you mentioned, which is if your sales team is picking up information 
in the field um, and able to basically input it or tie it back to the system. Obviously, that's the least efficient way, but a lot of times it can be the best quality of data. So you want to use a hybrid of all of those to the best you can. Understood. And frankly, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, we have a, uh, a manufacturing company, All Metals and Forge Group, and we do have our, our sales team who one of the things that they try and get is what I spoke about was to give us a little insight into the uh, competitive pricing and you can so if you do manage to get it, you can sort of work their price backwards uh, and try and figure out what the their raw material cost is, what their uh, labor rate is, uh, what their power rate is, and you can work it backwards so that there's a formula that you can utilize for that particular competitor on an ongoing basis. And uh, yeah. it works uh, very effectively. It does work very effectively. It gives you it gives you a lot of insight. And just imagine being able to, if you had a system where if you loaded that in or if your salespeople came back with that information, not only could you anecdotally say, wow, that's interesting. Now we have, you know, all these learnings about where there might be sourcing materials or at least estimating their cost versus ours. But you could also load that into a pricing system that would say, okay, I know my competition is around, just using round numbers, if my competition is at $100 uh, per, per unit for this SKU and my current price is 105 and it's somewhat commoditized, then, then I know I need to respond to that in order to be better. Um, or more competitive. And so, and, and having a system be able to do that automatically at whatever frequently, frequency you update it and not have to wait, you know, potentially a week or however long that data takes today to filter through your organization. Right, right. So, uh, how, how does your uh, system work? I know that you've got. Uh, it's basically a software-based uh, software program. Uh, you've got the sensors on uh, equipment and evaluates uh, the time that it takes to do whatever process is, is required. So how, does your customer buy a, uh, buy a software program or are they leasing a software program? What is your model? Yep, excellent question. Um, it, it's more of the latter. So it's a subscription-based. It is software, though, where you're effectively subscribing to and, and leasing the software for an annual period. And, and what we do is um, we help them first identify uh, – we have a standardized data model that allows them to implement very quickly. So even if you don't have a bunch of external data, let's say today you don't have competitive data and you don't really have a good idea of industry share, you're not really pulling in any macroeconomic data or microeconomic data, but you still want to make better pricing decisions just based on, you know, your historicals or potentially any campaigns you ran or rebates, we can immediately get our clients up and running within weeks, probably two to three weeks or less, probably closer to two weeks, to be honest with you. Um, really? And – 
Yes. So it's a very fast process once we fit them to the data model. And right away, you're gleaning insight from the platform, and so the time to value is significantly compressed. One of the things we also do, though, is we provide um, – and, and this may not be as valuable to some manufacturers, but we do bring to the table uh, weather and climate data and census tract data uh, for lower-level uh, economic forecasts, socioeconomics and demographics, and that allows you to understand each market potentially a little bit better and how things are trending in relation to uh, your products and gives you things outside of price to help you have a better picture of what's driving your demand. And uh, we bring those to the table in each project as well. So uh, based on uh, the conversation that we've been having, are, are you primarily involved with the small, medium, large companies? And I'm going to take a guess here that it's probably more of the medium size and larger. Is that basically accurate? It's accurate, but I wouldn't disqualify yourself if you if you're a small company. Like um, <laughs> there, there's one client of ours who uh, is about 30 million in revenue, and when we first met with them. They said, "Wow, this is, uh, you know, this looks like a fantastic system, but not sure we could justify, um, you know, spend." And one, we presented the price to them, and they were pleasantly surprised by what it was. And again, if we circle back to to the the introduction, this product was bought, brought to market specifically to kind of unlock. What is tip, what's often the biggest barrier uh, for bringing this type of platform into your organization, which is the, the cost and time to implement. The average solution in this space is probably, you know, half a million dollars for the software, depending on the size of your organization, and another half a million dollars and maybe four to six months to implement it. Uh, and that that's just an equation that doesn't work for small and medium-sized manufacturers. So, um, the, the, but the, the, the key consideration, though, sorry, I'm, I'm a little bit long-winded here, but the, the key consideration is oftentimes, even if you're small, you're competing with potentially large players who have entire departments literally built around revenue management and pricing strategies. And so if you aren't doing something to stay ahead of them or at least competitive with them, eventually they're going to set the market. You're going to constantly be reacting. You may be reacting slower, or even if you're growing, you're trying to add headcount and you start to lose a bit of control. And so the system and this approach is really effective for all size organizations. Uh, the cost of such being the defining moment for particularly for small companies. Uh, is this based on a uh, lease or monthly uh, uh, basis? It's typically an annual subscription. I can tell you, I won't give away specific pricing, but I can tell you that all in, um, annual subscription and getting the software up and running um, it's probably it, – no, it would cost you less than $100,000 up front. And, again, that includes a year of the subscription 
and getting the software stood up, which should pay for itself um, even if you're smaller. Based on the science that goes into the platform, based on the level of automation, uh, fairly quickly. Well, being that uh, we're now talking about small small company, and that's not an outrageous number, why don't we make sure that we uh, give out your uh, uh, URL address so that uh, there are those who can reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's www.qubit.com or you can simply search in your browser, Price Align. So if you go to qubit.com general, it's going to be more information about the broader uh, company, but you could go to the predictive price optimization page, and it will show you lots of information on our Price Align product, or you can simply Google Price Align, and I will guarantee you it would be the uh, all one word, and it will be the uh, the first result. Well, that, that's really terrific, and I presume you've got all kinds of white papers and descriptive documentation to uh, help uh, uh, the the listener and or potential client understand in greater detail as to what and how it all works. Yes, there's a white paper, there's a video, there's a recorded webinar that covers not only an overview of the product, but a demonstration of the product as well. Um, mm -hmm. So yes, lots of rich information there that will give them enough insight into what the product is, but more importantly, uh, how it should help you know, their, their everyday business, right? If we aren't growing, growing your share or, or growing your units or increasing your margins, um, then it's not really a value to you, or, or at least helping you stay competitive, and that's the goal. And you should see enough there, and if you want, once you arrive there, there's, a, there's no shortage of, of things there. There's a chat box. There's a way to schedule demonstrations immediately. So if you, if you go visit and are interested, it will be very easy to do business with us, for sure. Hi, I might I might add uh, for your benefit uh, that we're you know we're going to be uh, posting this show up on uh, Manufacturing Talk Radio. If you wish, you can send me your link to Price Align webinar, so that after they listen to the show, if they wish, they can then go into your webinar and uh, uh, you know get whatever information you have uh, available to them there. So if you want to send us your link to the webinar, we'd be happy to post it for you. Yeah, I'll send you the webinar, and it's pretty good content. Again, it includes an overview and then a demonstration. So hopefully it aligns with uh, – not hopefully, it will align with everything we talked about here. But I would welcome that opportunity, and we'll we'll make sure you have it. That's great. That's great. Very good. Well, Dallas, this is Tim. Now that I can get a word in edgewise. Uh, <laughs> who, are you, who are you again? Who are you? Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm the forgotten co-host. Uh, <laughs> Dallas, you were going through a scenario of sitting down with the manufacturer and some of the machinations they go through trying to come up with pricing information, and it was uh, you know, kind of this voluminous laundry list of 
things they have to pull together. I thought you were talking about the U.S. Congress trying to do a budget. Because <laughs> it was just a, uh, we'd we'd need 10 episodes for that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what uh, does the manufacturer need to do in working with you? Because I imagine you run across a lot of things on paper, things in people's heads, things in spreadsheets. And how does that all get integrated and automated with your software? It's an excellent question. And what I like to tell our clients is uh, the back end is, is, is very uh, adept at pulling in information really from any file type. If it's in a transactional system, if it's in some type of uh, database, if it's in Excel, we can make use of it as long as it is in some type of digital or electronic format. Uh, so to the point that you made, we run into tons of manufacturers who have orders written down on paper or other things written down on paper. And the truth is, if you record those nightly in some type of system or database, then we can actually make use of those as well, right? So we will make use of any information that you have, um, as long as you can get it to us in an electronic format. And again, that includes um, Excel files or CSVs or text files. Uh, to answer your broader question, though, of what are the critical data elements that we look for, uh, the, the, the most fundamental are, you know, your costs so that we know what your uh, – we know what the pictures, your, your raw material costs for each individual um, SKU, or if you're selling highly option, optionized uh, equipment, uh, what, what that basket usually looks like. But we, we want to get a good understanding of your raw material costs and any other production costs so that we know at least approximately what the cost of producing that finished good or that finished set of goods for that product or service is so that we can price it accordingly and, and be in line with your uh, margin objective. So cost data um, being of decent quality is really important. And then your historical sales information. So your orders, um, the, uh, the historical list price uh, separate from your selling price is always great. Uh, some people don't have it, so we just have to go with the you know, ultimate price that was transacted but it's always good to know uh, what was listed so you get a feel for how discounting plays into effect. Um, it's really good to understand any front-end uh, invoice rebates and then back – I'm sorry, front-end uh, order rebates and then back-end invoice rebates so that we get the full picture of, again, um, you know, <clears throat> margin. And uh, the, the better quality – that data, the more useful it will be, but we, we try to be as flexible as possible um, with accommodating the myriad of uh, data challenges and data maturity across our customers that we run into. Well, it's clear you know what you're talking about. There's no doubt of that. <laughs> and we, we would certainly encourage our listeners to go to qubit.com, at the very least Q-U-E-B-I-T, Dot com to get some information or Google price align, all one word, price align, and get more information about your 
pricing analytics because it sounds like it's a great tool, Dallas. Thanks for being on with us. Thank you, gentlemen. You guys have a good day. And I want to just remind you about that link of your webinar. We'd be happy to post it where the show will be posted. Okay. Thank you very much, and uh, we, we certainly did enjoy the conversation. Thank you. Tim? Clearly, this is the kind of, of industry 4.0 software that's being developed out there that manufacturers uh, can learn about by listening to Manufacturing Talk Radio. So we thank you for joining us for today's episode. For more on manufacturing, check out all of our podcasts at jacketmediaco.com to listen to Manufacturing Talk Radio, the Land Podcast about women in manufacturing, Manufacturing Matters with Cliff Waldman, the Where's Willie Podcast with William Miller reporting from the production floors of manufacturers, Hazard Girls about women in non-traditional fields, and Full-Time with Amy on the Work-Life Balancing Act. As always, thank you for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>